It has been a dull, uninteresting, typical season with the Phoenix Mercury, but Hayden Silly is here for us to try and figure out something to talk about anyway. I imagine we'll figure something out. Locked on Women's Basketball starts now. You are Locked On Women's Basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Well, hi, everyone, and happy Wednesday. I am Howard Megdahl, host of Locked On Women's Basketball, thanking you for making us your first listen every day. If you haven't done it yet, hit that subscribe button over on YouTube. If you're listening, wherever you get podcasts, subscribe as well. We'll get delivered to you every single weekday. Make sure you're following all the work we are doing, over 100 reported pieces every month at thenexthoops.com. And we just have this incredible team covering every team in the lead. Hayden Silly has been doing the work covering the Phoenix Mercury for us. Hayden, you know, I joked up top, obviously, about there not being anything to talk about. Have you felt at any point like you're kind of able to catch your breath with this Mercury team or there's a soap opera every night? Yeah, I mean, uh, honestly, Howard, I feel like there's always something new. Whenever one thing Whenever one situation ends, another arises, whether if it's something good, like, for example, Sophie Cunningham returning from her two-week injury with her uh, with her with a sprained ligament in her elbow, to if it's something that we haven't seen before in Tina Charles, you know, walking out, I would, or dare I say, you know, dare I say walking out uh, in the middle of the season. So, mm-hmm. you know, whenever one thing, whenever one thing finishes, another arises. And Sophie had some nice words of goodbye for Tina, if memory serves. So, <laughs> yes, I mean, it all comes full circle. But we'll get to Tina. We're going to be talking a lot about, obviously, her impact, her impact of leaving. We're going to be talking about Skylar Diggins-Smith challenging her coach, Vanessa Nygaard, on Twitter. I, I think we probably have to start there because that is mind-blowing to me. And then we obviously have to get into just what it all means for the Mercury. And and we cannot forget Megan Gustafson and, of course, Pancake. We will get to it all because there has been so much. But I want to start with just from my perspective. All right. I'm at the New York Liberty game, and I'm covering Liberty Dream, and it's, you know, a relatively routine night here. And suddenly I'm looking on our Slack as I'm awaiting postgame for players to come out and Sandy Brondello, and I see – a tweet, Vanessa Nygaard speaking about how the WNBA All-Star Game would not be an All-Star Game because Diana Taraji won't be there, followed by a quote tweet from Skylar Diggins-Smith. And what was the quote tweet a picture of? A picture of a clown. So in that moment, immediately you're thinking, all right, well, this will stay up for 10 minutes or Skylar Diggins-Smith will pretend it was misunderstood. And, you know, all oh, the media got it all wrong. And we're all just trying to create controversy. The tweet's still up. The tweet it was quoting has been taken down by the Mercury. And Vanessa Nygaard had a lot to say the next day. Take me through it. What was Vanessa Nygaard's response the next day to her own player calling her a clown on Twitter? So 
the Mercury had uh, media availability the next day against uh, against Chicago because mm-hmm. um, they, they played Chicago on Saturday, so they had a media availability on Friday. Um, to the best of my recollection, there actually wasn't any – they didn't have any camera on for Vanessa. All you could hear was her voice. And she she basically said that, you know – that she apologized for disrespecting for disrespecting uh, Skyler and how, you know, making an all-star game is a big deal. Uh, but honestly, Howard, I think it's just really sad because Sky has, I mean, I think she's clearly been the best player on that Phoenix team on yeah. both sides of the ball too. I mean, she's, she's top five in points per game in the league. I think she's fourth. Um, she is, she's top three in steals per game. And then she ranks top 10 in assists. And it's like, she does everything. And not only that, but there's a hefty, there's a hefty minutes tag that she has. I mean, clocking in at about, you know, 34, 35 minutes a game. So, you know, Nygaard basically just apologized to the public, but it was, it was also very interesting because I was actually at, um, I was actually at the game. Uh, on Wednesday when they talked when Vanessa actually talked about Diana not being an all-star I was in the room mm-hmm. and and not not to tune on my own horn a little bit but I actually asked the question about her thoughts of of Diggin Smith making the all-star game mm-hmm. and you know I'm sitting there and in my head I'm like wow I'm like that is very interesting you know I've, I've reserved any kind of judgment that I had but you know, I thought it was just a little bit, you know, shameful because of what Sky has done this season. And I know she's definitely contributed to almost every single win that they've had. There are levels to this, right? So you and you raised such an excellent point about Skylar Diddon Smith is having and we even talked about this on the Slack at the next uh, about this today. She's having an MVP quality season. The thing is, if Phoenix doesn't make the playoffs, does that affect her MVP voting, of course. Does the fact that Skylar Diggins-Smith is calling her coach a clown on Twitter affect MVP voting? I think it does. I think it makes a difference in the same way that we're looking back at, you know, geez, this uh, verbal altercation she has with Diana Taurasi. You think of an MVP, and certainly I do, as somebody who is lifting your team in some ways that bring the team together. She's lifting the team. This team isn't, I shudder to think how many games they'd have won without her. You know, very, very small number. She's doing it at both ends. Like you said, she's got a steal percentage north of two, almost three block percentage of two and a half. And Skylar Diddon-Smith is not uh, a tower in the lane, you know, so she's doing it. Sheer effort is how she's doing it. But, can an MVP candidate be doing this sort of thing? And then, and then, and then I want to get to the Nygaard side of it. I don't, I don't know. I really don't know. I think it's a very interesting situation with Phoenix because they have all of the pieces, honestly. I mean, at the beginning of the season before Brittany Griner was wrongfully detained in Russia in February and then Tina Charles signed, I mean, there's going to be, a starting lineup of potentially, you know, Skyler, DT, you know, I wasn't sure who they were going to put in at, you know, at the wing at the time, but you were going to have Charles and Griner yeah. in at the starting lineup. I mean, that was a, that was a WNBA finals caliber team. Yeah. That's what many people were thinking. Yeah. 
and then yeah absolutely and you bring in you bring in a rookie head coach which i i mean like, like you said earlier howard it's my first season covering the mercury i still don't know why they got rid of brondello i mean she she's been she's been the best coach in the history of the franchise made the playoffs all eight seasons led them to you know to the best record in WNBA history but that's besides the point but you bring in a rookie no, head it's coach not, though. I just got to <laughs> jump in here and say if you if you employ Sandy Brondello you don't let Sandy Brondello walk out that door Sandy Brondello was coming off you talked about a WNBA finals level roster they just went to the WNBA finals before Tina before Diamond De Shields got here you know it was it was a WNBA finals team that Sandy Brondello had figured out how to engineer them to get to. Uh, uh, that will, that may well go down as the single worst decision this team has made in quite some time. And look, if they don't recover, it may cost Jim Pittman his job too. But, but so, so go on. So we get beyond that. You bring in a rookie head coach. I'm sorry. I just I, it blows my mind. <laughs> It, it certainly blows my mind too, but I just, I don't understand why a rookie head coach and look, I think, you know, I think given all of the circumstances Nygaard has done about as good of a job as she can, but uh, one of our, one of our uh, fellow fellow contributors at the next Alex Simon, he pointed out something to me. He's like, if you notice at the end of games, he's like, I would be surprised if Nygaard has actually drawn up a play for Diggins Smith. Right. which I thought about that for quite some time last night. And I was like, you know what? I'm like, he has a point, especially after last night's game with eight seconds left, a turnaround three-pointer over Liz Cambage, who's six foot eight, mind you. I know she's not a great shot blocker, but, you know, that's – come on. That, that's not the best move. But, you know, I don't know what they were thinking. I think they were trying to please DT because yeah. that was a lot of what it was. You know, Diana wanted her in. But, you know, she I'm sorry, but she's she's not the best player on the team anymore. No, she's not. And we should get to that, too, because that is significant and it matters not just for now, but going forward. I do want to talk about Arcade One Up, though. Arcade One Up has created something called a Shaq edition machine of NBA Jam. Now, Hayden, before you were born, Back in the day, I used to go to arcades, put quarters in the machine, play NBA Jam for such a long time. Oh, there were those who, oh, he should have been doing homework. But no, as it turns out, that was the thing that helped train me for the profession that I have today. So I thank you, NBA Jam, and I'm so glad you're back. Arcade1up.com, that is arcade the number one, up.com, has created a chance for future generations to waste their time, but in fact, train for their work the way I did. NBA Jam starts at $399, and they're even giving away a special edition of the NBA Jam machine to a lockdown listener. So go to NBA or go to arcade, the number one up.com slash locked on now until July 8th in order to enter. I can't stress this to you enough. If there are children listening don't worry about your homework. Don't be focused on school. That's not the key. The key is to play as much NBA Jam as possible. It's what's gotten me to where I am today. Now, Diana Taurasi would be the perfect NBA Jam player if you ever went to a WNBA Jam. And something that I hope we get 
one of these days. There is a very amusing T-shirt that Homage puts out uh, that is out there right now that I happen to love. They do some really good, and it's not even a sponsor. I just happen to like their shirts. But their WNBA Jam shirt has Tarazi and Skylar Diggins-Smith. And I bring that up because, like you said, this is fundamentally Skylar Diggins-Smith's team. But also, notably, the WNBA Jam shirt has Tarazi's defense beyond even that of Skylar Diggins-Smith. I think it's fair to say that is not an accurate read of what Diana Tarazi has been at the defensive end this year. Oh, 100%. I mean, I heard in that press conference last Wednesday against, uh, against Indiana, you know, she praised Diana for her defense. And I, yeah, I had the same exact reaction you had, Howard. I was like, wow. I was like, okay, because I've seen numerous possessions. And this is one of my least favorite things in, you know, not just in the WNBA, but just all of basketball. Mm-hmm. You know, if a team gets out on a fast break and they just do a clear pass foul, you know, to avoid any kind of bucket. And, you know, most of her fouls this season, at least out, out of all the games I've been to, you know, in Arizona, I think let's say let's say she has like three fouls a game. Two of those are, you know, are clear path. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a two on one fast break. She's trying to prevent the bucket, which I understand. But, mm-hmm. you know, there's been numerous times this season where she's given up on effort. There's even an instance uh, last night where, you know, she turned the ball over and just sort of sat at half court and watched and watched Sky basically just try to defend a two on one by herself. And you could see the visible the visible frustration on Diggins Smith's face. I will provide the caveat, and I think it's an important caveat, that Diana Tarazi is absolutely one of the best who has ever played this game. Diana Tarazi, you can go back and look at the numbers and you can establish it. I've had the privilege of covering her, even covering her in the postseason, and you're able to see her understanding of what her team needs when they need it is very significant. And I think a lot of people are perhaps missing that seeing her now, seeing her at the end of her career, seeing her more limited. All of that said, she has never been a great defensive player. This has never been a strength of hers. When people talk about the greatest of all time, the reason why it's always sort of boggled my mind that you put Tarazi ahead of Tamika Catchings is that Catchings was an elite offensive player, perhaps not quite at the level of Tarazi, but close. But Tamika Catchings is a five-time defensive player of the year and was truly elite, elite at both ends. The problem is that Tarazi is now further behind where she even was in her peak on the defensive end. She has not been an efficient offensive player. It boggles the mind that anybody would think that she is an all-star this year on anything other than legacy. You can make that argument, but that's not the argument Vanessa Nygaard would make. And so, again, to take this to Vanessa Nygaard, and I think this is so significant, you're, you've made it clear that you're answering to one of your players and then another one of your players who you had no, no sense to avoid saying the things you said. They were clearly in the moment. You heard it in the moment. You're in the room. She's slighting another one of her players in the process of talking about Diana Taurasi. But her player called her a clown, has not backed down from calling her a clown. She then apologizes to the player. I've talked to numerous other coaches around the league. Their player would be gone. That player would be gone. I don't care who it is. If you've made it clear 
that you answer to your player and not the other way around, you have lost your authority in that locker room. Do you think there is a pathway for Vanessa Nygaard to be listened to by this roster at this point? No, I really don't. I think with the mix of veterans, and like you said, like like Sky going on Twitter and calling her a clown, and I believe to this day she has not taken it down. She like has you not. Said, yeah, she she isn't backing down. The moderator did down. The yeah. took down the video that she's quote tweeting. So there is now a Skylar Digen Smith clown quote tweeting an empty tweet. Yeah, I think though the main reason why she's lost her authority it's is just blatant disrespect. I understand, like like you said, I understand how great Diana Taurasi is. You know, one of the greatest, if not the greatest, player to ever play in the WNBA, but. Like you said, you cannot serve one player. Right. You can't you can't even like it has to be, you know, the player goes to the coach and not the or yeah, the player goes to the coach and not the other way around. Mm-hmm. And it just seems like Nygaard's walking on eggshells almost with every single player. I mean, yeah. because you you look at the beginning of the season, you know, Tina Charles, she's a dynamic personality. Mm-hmm. You know, Skylar Diggins Smith, notorious for her personality and what I call no BS attitude. Yeah. Um, and then, and then DT, you know, she's, you know, she's quite the personality herself. So I don't know if it was, if they just got coach in just to get along with the players. Cause that's, that's what I'm feeling. Yeah. I'm feeling it was basically just a way for, you know, the players to have control versus, you know, the coach taking, taking control of the team. And it is not working. It is not working. We're looking at a team that is nine and 14, but you know, they are within the playoff race. There is no question about it, but they have a stretch coming up. That's really going to help define their season. They've just lost two in a row on the road. They've got the Liberty coming to town before the break. They go to Minnesota right after the break. Then they have Washington and Atlanta. If we don't see some signs that they are capable of, and especially that that home stretch, it goes from July 14th to July 28th. They have nothing on the road. They have four games at home, Washington, Atlanta, Seattle, Los Angeles, quality teams, but something short of three and one. And we are talking about a team that really can't make the math work, I don't think. Is that how you see it? It's got to be a three and one homestand for them. Yeah. Absolutely. And like you said, this is the defining point of the season. Phoenix hasn't had many games at home, at least consistently. And I know they have a four-game homestand this month. And then to cap off the season, they have a four-game homestand uh, right. to finish off the regular season. And so, and not only that, but like you said, you're facing off teams again, you know, like Atlanta, New York, uh, Washington. The ones you're like, battling. Yeah. yeah, these are these are teams that, you know, that are looking, you know, for that six, seven, eight seed. And, you know, you have to you have to win those games. But I will say the game I am most excited about is July 22nd when Seattle comes back to town, not only for Sue Bird's retirement, but there but someone else might receive a uh, a little welcome back to Phoenix present, if you know what I'm talking about. We, we, we can do the real-time work of story pitches. I have already accepted your sights and sounds of Tina Charles' return <laughs> to 
Phoenix on that day. I am looking forward to it. It's going to be epic, especially I look forward to the Tina-Sophie interactions throughout. That's going to be uh, worth it for that alone. But yes, I can't wait. And just to your point, though, they've got the two four-name homestands. But the reason why this one sticks out to me is six games in 14 days, where there's or, or four games in 14 days. You have four games in eight days to end the season. And that's a challenge for anyone where you are home for effectively two weeks playing these four games. That's got to be, to my mind, where they make up that ground, where they get back into the playoff race. But it's going to be fascinating. And by the way, for those of you who are interested in wagering, betonline.net is going to have your WNBA odds, something that I respect and appreciate about what betonline.net does is they don't just have the NBA. They don't just have Major League Baseball. They have the WNBA. They have college women's basketball. It is the source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. Whether you are a betting person or not, the reality is that making sure that women's sports has a seat at the table matters and betonline.net helps you do it so head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action bet online where the game starts before i let you go i think we need to talk about and maybe end on this positive note um take me through what it is meant to have pancake gustafson in market oh pancake is such a delight pancake really is I'm a dog person as it is, mm-hmm. uh, but not only that, not only has Pancake been shining, but her owner has been shining in Phoenix as well, in Megan Gustafson. And I, uh, you know, not to have a shameless plug, but if you go to the nexthoops.com and look under the Phoenix Mercury, uh, I wrote a piece about Megan Gustafson and how she has transformed her game, which she has, you know, mm-hmm. winning the Naismith College Player of the Year in 2019, only taking two threes in her four seasons at Iowa to, to, to now taking 13 in her first season with Phoenix more than she ever has mm-hmm. in her four-year WNBA career. You and, know, I, I just to point that out in Pancake, of course, um, you know, who you can follow at WNBA Cordy, uh, highly recommend it. Uh, you're talking about in Gustafson, somebody who was known for her mic and drill. She was known for sticking around the basket uh, to the point that there were WNBA teams that wondered whether she'd be able to play as a stretch five, but you're the piece and everyone should go check it out. These really kind of gets into what allowed her to change that game. Yeah. And uh, and funny enough, assistant coach cinnamon Lister, uh, she talked about how, how Meg still does that mic and drill and, you know, working on her pick and pop action. Cause I mean, there's been, two games this season where she's gotten two of three from three. Yeah. And, you know, I, I know it's a small sample size, but, but still for her only averaging about nine or 10 minutes off the bench, you know, those are, those are really key baskets that, that she's making, but, you know, going back to the whole, you know, work, working on her game, you know, she's still sticking around the basket, but you know, she, I won't give too many spoilers about the piece, but she did talk about how, her ability to stretch out from the from the perimeter has really opened up other areas of her game as well. You know, because she could do a little pump fake hesitation. If a defender bites it, she can go off the dribble, drive. And, you know, she is such a team player. And she mostly said, you know, 
I like to shoot threes not only, you know, to, to make the game easier for myself, but for my teammates. And when you have players like Sky, Diana, and, you know, and now Sophie, you know, it certainly, certainly makes their life a lot easier. No doubt about it. I do want to issue a, a brief correction. It's at the WNBA Cordy, not WNBA Cordy, at the WNBA Cordy. But all of your points about her as a player are, you know, in many ways you could argue more relevant, uh, though I obviously never want Pancake to get short shrift either. So I'm glad that we're able to talk about all of it. Uh, Hayden Silly, you're doing a bang-up job in what is a challenging environment. <laughs> so thank you for all of that. Uh, for those who want to follow you on Twitter, um, can you tell us your Twitter account for those who are listening uh, rather than watching. Yep. So my Twitter handle is at Hayden Silly, H-A-Y-D-E-N, last name C-I-L-L-E-Y. I'm the official Phoenix Mercury beat reporter for the next. And it has been a pleasure covering this team amidst all the craziness. Hayden, welcome first of many times, I'm sure. Thank you to all who are listening. Really appreciate your time. We'll be back with you tomorrow. We are here every day, every weekday, and we're glad that you made us your first listen every day. Now, it's worth noting that Locked On is not just women's basketball. And in fact, and Hayden, you may not know this, but there is a league that plays basketball, um, it, but it's men. It's men playing professional basketball. It's called the NBA. And I was looking into this before we came online. It turns out there is an NBA team in your town itself in Phoenix. Were you aware of that? Not until you brought it up, No. Really interesting. There, there's a player. So apparently, there's a team in in my town too, in Brooklyn, um, named the Nets. And there's a team in your town called the Suns, and they may make a trade. And Locked On NBA is all over this. So you made us your first listen, everybody, and thank you. Um, but go check out Locked On NBA. His name is Kevin Durant. I hear he's like a Brianna Stewart type. Yeah, I think he's, uh, yeah, I, I've heard some good things about him through the grapevine, really tall, really mm -hmm. good shooter. I like that. I, I like that comparison. You know, Kevin Durant plays like Brianna Stewart. I'll have to use that. I think, I think it's something to look into. I think, and thank God the WNBA is here to provide us this benchmark for the up and coming players of the, um, I'm sorry, of the, NBA of the NBA. So, yeah. So stay tuned. Listen to Locked on NBA after you check us out every day. We are Locked on Women's Basketball. I'm Howard Megdahl reminding you, follow us at Locked on WBB. Go to thenexthoops.com and read all the work that's being done. Have yourself a wonderful Wednesday. Are Locked On Women's Basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.